everybody. I'm Brian. I'm Quinn. And welcome to Infectious Enthusiasm, the podcast where we talk excitedly about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And one of my favorite parts of Pathfinder 2nd Edition actually only takes up a single page in the rulebook, but it has so much stuff packed into that one page. If you listened to our previous episode, you already know what I'm going to say is we are talking about downtime. And I like the fact that Pathfinder 2nd Edition actually mechanizes the downtime. They've got rules. They've got things that you can do. And I like it so much that I'm going to ask Quinn to talk about it in detail because he knows a lot more about it than I do. (laughs) Thanks. So downtime is basically, so we were just talking about exploration mode where, you know, we're, we've sort of zoomed out time and we're, you know, we're either traveling overland or we're exploring the dungeon and then downtime we're I, I often call downtime montage mode right <laughs> where yeah. where things are going out from like days or weeks and we're just covering a a suite of activities right uh we're going to say we're going to craft an item right uh that you know from gathering the materials to working the Forge and doing the thing is a suite of activities is going to take a certain amount of time, or we're going to uh, get a job uh, with the earn income action. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the earn income action is my favorite downtime activity. Um, uh, you know, or we're going to treat a disease, or you know, just really rest up for a very long term time, long time, or forge documents. These things that just it would be silly if you started putting them in the round uh, in, in combat time round and you don't want to sort of spend your time sort of covering each aspect of it. Downtime covers in, in Pathfinder. And it's the way it's because it has its, its own sort of mode in the game. There are lots of things that interact with it, like in the Kingmaker, Kingmaker campaign that has to deal with like raising your own kingdom and armies and things like that. A lot of the actions that you take in the kingdom phase are downtime activities, right? So they're just covered on this, in this montage. So you're, you know, build up an army, you know, train, you know, train the army or, you know, try to build roads or things like these. These are all sort of covered under that. So it can, it can, it can do a lot of stuff and let you, kind of control the flow of the game and and sort of, you know, have these sort of smaller mechanics and things. It's not just maybe, it might just be a skill check, um, but it might be a skill check with like certain rules governing it, like craft, you know, you make a check and it's going to cost X amount and things like that. And it's a good container for these different actions that you can take. And there's a lot of downtime actions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take. So it's it's it itself is mechanically minimal, but it can contain lots of other mechanics in it that you don't need to like. Though there are a lot of downtime actions, you only need to interact with the ones that you're going to need given your game. So it's not that you need to know all the rules for the gazillion downtime actions that there are. Right. And one of the things I do like about it, though, is like you said, mechanically, it is fairly, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space mechanically. Um, but I like, I like the fact that it's there. 
okay, so when I first ran across the downtime rules, I thought it was a weird idea because I've been running and playing games for decades. So, I mean, that's just the kind of thing that, you know, the group talks about and you figure out what happens. And the more I talked about that, though, the more I realized having mechanics for it's a really good idea because I thought back on some of those conversations I had back when I was playing. If it was, it could have been D&D, it could have been Cyberpunk, it was, you know, anything I was running. You're going to have time that the characters are doing something that isn't sort of the the main thing that, you know, combat or whatever, you know, that, that the game does. And I realized I would have really appreciated some guidance back in the day when one of my players came up and said, I want to do something like, you know, craft an item or, you know, I want to get a job or whatever. And I had to make it up and I feel like I probably did a decent job, but having some guidance, having some actual dice rolls to work with, that would have been great. So once I realized that, um, I, uh, I became team downtime. I thought that was an excellent idea. And the other thing I like is that it gives the players a list of things that they might not have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Have, having that menu of actions is really, like really helpful for sort of player activity. So, you, you know, it, it's, it's cool because it, it's not just, okay, you're in town. What do you do? Right. And then it's like, oh, yeah. we're going to go shopping or I don't know. I'm going to twiddle my thumbs. Right. Right. It, it's, it's, you're like, oh, well, I, I can craft stuff, right? Crafting is like a thing in Pathfinder. So you can go, okay, well, I've got how many days? Okay, well, I can, given according to the rules, I can craft X amount of stuff in these days. I even have some feats that let me craft stuff faster. So I'm going to yeah. use some of my stuff, go find a forge or crafting place in town uh, and start putting things, some things together. Well, and somebody else is going to go, you know, gather information is a downtime activity. So like, I'm going to go, like gather information about this thing that we're looking into on town. Yeah. All right. That's great. And, you know, and then someone else is like, Hey, I, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to earn income. And, and now I guess here's where I talk about earn income. My favorite of the downtime activities, mm-hmm. because like in, in, in my campaigns that I run, when people are doing the earn income, it is often a great there's this mechanical thing of, okay, you're going to roll and you're going to see uh, what you earn uh, over the days with whatever job it is that you're going to be doing. Um, uh, also, there, there is also the, that part where there's a hook into what your character did besides uh, being oh, an sure. adventurer, uh, which is great, right? So, so to earn income is assuming that you actually have some skill besides murdering dragons. And, <laughs> right. And uh, so you get to use any like, you know, lore or profession skills that you've got there to, to get that extra money. But then you can use it as sort of a glimpse. So, so we're in a new town. I'm going to start looking for odd jobs or something related to my profession. And then we're going to now use that as a lens to talk about the place that you are in. Right. Yeah. So it's, it ends up, it, it can be a really great sort of travel log sort of slice of life thing you can use it use the mechanics as a base for a really great role playing scenes so in one of my campaigns this been running for like 3 years now one of our characters is a she comes from a long line of 
barristers from Cheliacs who practice infernal contract law. Um, <laughs> and and so and 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 she just just studies law in general. She's like you know sort of practice attorney. So often when we go to a new place when there's downtime, she's like, well, I'm going to go like check out the court systems and see if people need some sort of oh interesting so, so, okay. so, some sort of like public defender kind of thing. Yeah, right? and and these are just some of the awesomest awesomest scenes because I, because I get to, you know, like when they were last in this one in Ustalov, you know, I got to sort of describe how the poor were, you know, they, they, you know, she goes and we're, she's trying to find, you know, people to help out. And she finds that there, you know, there are all these poor people going into the court, but like they are just basically getting railroaded, even when they have defense, you know, the judge, you know, they just have to hope that their attorney bribed the judge enough. You know, they're like, no one's getting an actual trial. Like their attorneys aren't even really making defenses for them. And then, yeah. you know, and they, and then she got like a critical, the, the character, she got a, like a critical success on her earned income. So then like what we'd end up describing is this thing where she goes and like, not knowing sort of the customs and not really caring, she goes and actually just tries to defend the person and like, Oh, even even no. the person she's yeah. even even the person she like the judge is looking at the character like what are you doing and like the person she's defending is like what what are you doing and like everybody's like <laughs> what what did you just do right oh, but no. then but then right. after but then afterwards somebody's co- comes up and be like you know gives him a couple of copper and be like please I'm next right like just do that thing right and then all of a sudden over the course of the day like there's like the judge <laughs> ju- the judge who is speed working through all of the like trials is right. actually having to like talk and like uh, remember nice. law and stuff like that. And eventually they're, you know, they're, they, uh, all the people who were in line for court that day come over to the, 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 our, our PC and they're like, basically you defend us, right? Like you're, you're going to be our attorney now. Right. And then at, at, at one point the judge, you know, the judge, Comes in, so they're all sitting in the back of the court, all the people who are, she's going to be defending, right? And then the judge is sitting there and is like, okay, so wait a minute. How many people are you defending now, right? Because, like, <laughs> like I, I can't be talking about, like, the law all day. And then, like, all, right. you know, all the people, like, kind of raise their hand and he's like, okay. Everybody, your cases are dismissed. And like points at the PC and is like, you never step foot in my court again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then it was like this, you know, big thing. They're like buying her drinks, you know, and it was, it just like was this really cool. That's funny. Like role playing mo- moment. Yeah. Uh, from like, you know, you know, a one D20 role earned income. That's awesome. Well, that's one of the things I really like about the earned income activity is like just your example is is perfect because it gives you an idea of what the world is like and i mm-hmm. like the fact that the designers put some thought into the economy of the setting mm-hmm. because you know if you're playing pathfinder literally by the book it takes place in galarian which means that they've got an idea of of what they want the setting to be like and what they want the economy to be like and if you make any changes to that activity that means that you have you have made a statement about the economy in mm-hmm. that place. The other thing I like is it gives you an idea of what the average NPC, what kind of money the average NPC right. might be making. So, and that really puts into sharp contrast the sacks of 
money you're walking out of a dungeon with because and it, it also kind of explains why those people that can go into the dangerous places with the monsters and the stuff do it uh i mean one of the reasons if one of your if you're if your goal is to make a lot of money, that's a good way to do it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I like, uh, but I like, I like the world building aspect of that in a lot of ways. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about rolling so well that you that you actually get fired, mm-hmm. though, like the lawyer did. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> that's like, <laughs> she she did so well. They were like, okay, here's a bunch of money now. Go away. Yeah, like you just like never show up here again. You're you're nice. like you're like like you're gonna give the people hope, and we can't have that. And we right? can't have that. Well, and again, you it it gave you the chance to sit to to say something about the setting. Right. Uh, it gave you the chance to drive home how corrupt that system is, mm-hmm. and. But but I also like that for one brief and shining moment, right. she made it better. Right, and then, and then I also I also took that like her critical like because at, at this point the characters are like was like about like fourteenth level or so. so oh yeah. So the, so the, so the okay. character so the characters are like high level. So so I feel like you know you can also you know a critical when the if it, if they had done that and the character was like fourth or fifth level, I probably would have just been like, oh yeah, you were pretty successful and you got some attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but like at 14 level, I just feel like, oh, you're like so good at this that you're like, you know, that that you, that you if allowed to continue, you would shut the whole system down as it stands, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and 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 like it, like it, being at that thing where you can sort of give this context based on like level and effect is really nice too. You know, and 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 just just in general, like I really like that you can use a suite of downtime activities to flavor whatever your campaign is like i, I mentioned the yeah. maker thing where you know right. all your stuff is like all your downtime activities are uh kingdom related but like if you're playing uh the strength of thousands path um you're a student at a magical university and so then you get actions like study and because you're, right. you're going you're going to classes like your downtime activities when you're not adventuring, all your downtown activities are like going to class and doing For stuff. Sure. And, then, and then they require, again, they require, they are these usually pretty simple mechanical um, underpinnings that you use to role play whole scenes, right? We made one role for that earn income role, but that was about like 20, 30 minutes of role play. Um, for right. that one uh, thing. And, and, you know, for a study, you can, you know, you can make that, you know, a quick minute or two description, or, you know, you can describe, you can get really into detail about the material they're studying. And they even have one of my favorite things for the, the strength of thousands. They have a study activity, but then you all, which takes a certain amount of time, but then you also have cram. When you haven't been, when you have when you haven't been able to when, when you haven't right. been studying right, you can sort of jam nice. your head full of full of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? And and so and just like actual cramming, sometimes it works great, sometimes it doesn't. Right? So, yeah. Right. Nice. And, and and it's you're really awesome because it actually the cram activity goes into some of the other like basic mechanics uh, of the game, right? Like if you basically you you get to do two study activities. In the same period of time, but if you aren't careful, you have to make like a flat check or you end up getting the fatigued condition, 
for the day. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, I like that. So, so, yeah. so it's like a neat kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, like I was up all at night studying, and and like it shows, right? Because like right. fatigue, fatigue is an awful condition to have. Yeah. Those those of us that went to college, we've been there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so so it's like I I just love how it lets you uh, express um all of these things without introducing uh, like it's important they they do have a victory point system which we can like talk about on another episode that's basically a, sort of a skill challenge system but downtime is much lighter and more self-contained than that it's it's when when you right. want to express sort of what's happening and you want to sort of get some results but you don't the journey and the process isn't dramatically important, right? Like you pull out a skill Absolutely. challenge when you yeah. want to when you want to zoom in on the sort of quality of the action, like how it's done matters. But just that is happening. Use downtime, and that's one of the things that really turned me around on downtime. Is there are plenty of times when I'm running a game, and a like a player wants to do something that's important either to them personally or in a lot of cases to the story but it doesn't require any role-playing. And I like that there's mechanical support for stuff like that. You know, you make a skill roll or two. And the other thing I like is that uh, your non-combat skills, you still get to use your non-combat skills. Mm -hmm. Because to me, especially uh, in a game like Pathfinder, I really really want to use the non-combat stuff too. So I like the fact that not only are they there, you've got You've got systems specifically for those, right? And it lets P- and it lets characters sort of specialize in being sort of like. Uh, while some characters might be like, you know, I'm super combat monster. Like you can have, like you have, it's possible to have characters in Pathfinder who are just amazing in downtime. Like in our in our same game that I was talking about with the with the barrister we have a one character who's a gnome alchemist and they're pretty decent in combat but like when it comes down to oh we're in downtime they're like okay what would you like crafted they have like every yeah. crafting feat every like bonus to crafting they can craft magical stuff they can they can basically make anything that the party needs as long as they have nice. some supplies and so they just you know are like we get into some periods of downtime and they're just basically you know, take requests and just make whatever is needed and, you know, set up their alchemy. They, they can just get the party super prepared for anything yeah. that they want to do. And they, and they, and then that's what they enjoy. They enjoy being able to sort of like go into nice. the lab and like prep everyone up. You know, and then you'd have people who are like, like an investigator who, you know, is really great at like, you know, going, getting clues and gathering info. Oh Yeah. You know, so so like people people sort of specialize in all of these different right areas, and I like that a lot too. So so what do what do we what do we have in terms of games we want to talk about that do downtime? Well, I mean the the big one is Blades in the Dark mm-hmm. because I I mentioned that the Pathfinder downtime it, it literally takes up one page it 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 bleeds into other parts of the book, but the downtime actual information is a single page. In Blades in the Dark, it's an entire 16-page chapter, because downtime is similar in many ways to the way that Pathfinder 2 does it, but it it occupies a lot of the same space, but then it also does other things. Um, hmm. 
for example, um, Blades of the Dark is it's it's mission based, right? So you're the the core gameplay is you've got a team of people going off to do some sort of a of a score. It's usually something illegal, and they are you know you've got people that specialize in doing dastardly illegal things. And the first thing that you do in the downtime phase is get paid for whatever score you did. Or if you failed, you don't. <laughs> but, you know, but so, and you've also got, what else does it do? Oh, well, it, it does, you, you face the consequences of things that you did earlier, often during a mission, but also during sometimes other downtimes. The rest of the world reacts to, to whatever it is you've done. And that happens during downtime. Um, and the other thing that is very similar to what Pathfinder does, though, is you've got what are called long-term, basically just long-term actions. So you've got like a long-term project if you want to work on something. And that usually requires multiple downtime phases. But all of these are are heavily mechanically supported. You've got a lot of options. And I know you, like, I think you and I have played probably around the same amount of Blades in the Dark, haven't we? Yeah, I think you might play a little more than me. Maybe a little, but I mean, I think we're both really familiar with it. So what, like, what's what's your feeling about how Blades does downtime? Well, I mean, I feel, I mean, it's really very cool, and I, I feel like a couple things. One, Blades is another game that, similar to Pathfinder, who uses modal play to oh, yeah. disadvantage, right? Like, hey, we're in the mission mode, right? So everything has this context. These are what, this is what we care about. We don't care about these other things, right? Like you're not going to get confused, right? No one's ever going to be trying to acquire assets in the middle of a mission, right? Or or like do like, right. you know, indulge or vice because we know that's a downtime activity. And so these things don't make, so those things don't happen in this play, right? And that, so that's a, like a really useful boundary um, yeah, because because so much so much of how a role playing game is per, like sort of carried on and proceeds is based on knowing what do I roll or like when do I roll and for what reasons do I roll things? Yeah, right. And and having these modes or phases lets you know, hey, here you're rolling for these things to do this stuff, and then when you go into the downtime, you get to go cool. Like I get to, I'm doing, I'm rolling for these things um, at, at this time, right? I'm rolling for these sort of longer term recovery and build up things. And then, and so like a lot of the, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think one of the main things, one of the things that differentiates it from Pathfinder is that it is, a lot of this is actually downtime is really strongly used for, for character growth. True. In this, right? You're building up projects. You're trying to like get new sort of assets. You're trying to like recover from things so that a lot of character buildup is happening in place. Oh, and it's also the time that you expand your territory. So right. you're exactly right. And so, yeah, that's got. And another thing with a significant amount of mechanical support uh, is, is that section of it, which I like a lot. It also has uh, a little mini game that you play in case you get sent to jail, which, which I like because like one of the characters can just sort of, well, sometimes you just get caught and sent to jail, but other times one of the characters can sort of volunteer to take the hit for the rest of the team. 
but I like it that you've also got like you could come out of jail with like some cool stuff too, which I like because you know the whole point of it is you're a bunch of criminals, right? So I mm-hmm. like that idea. Yeah, exactly. And and your point about the character growth. I want to briefly mention Girl by Moonlight, which mm. is, as of this recording, still a very new game. It's by Andrew Gillis, and it's also based on the same system as Blades in the Dark. And it uses downtime differently, though. On Blades in the Dark, downtime happens after the mission, and in Girl by Moonlight, it happens before the mission. Because it's mostly used to forge connections between the characters. So it's a little more of a slice-of-life vignette than it is the resting period after a mission is over. It's not entirely different. You still have long-term projects and investigation and things like that. But I just wanted to point out that even within that system, I like because Girl by Moonlight is your your characters are magical girls like the Guardians and Sailor Moon. So, it's all about the interactions and the relationships between the characters. So, Andrew has taken the, the opportunity of the downtime phase to really focus on that aspect of it, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. I, have, I haven't read that one yet, but yeah, it's it's good. I definitely want to run that one at some point. So nice. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, one I wanted to do. Do you want to say anything more on Blades in the Dark? No, I think that's. I think that it scratches the surface, but I think we hit the highlights. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I want to mention: it, it was interesting, and in, in, as we covered this, I I realized there aren't a ton of examples that aren't forged in the dark um, of right. like, um, a lot of like heavy like downtime use. I mean, I could I could point out Starfinder, but like it's on a similar level of Pathfinder. That's um, a fair point. Yeah. Um, they, they they do have a lot of really great downtime activities in Starfinder, though. I will just point out uh, that like express a lot of the flavor of the setting. Shoutouts to, for example, playing video games um, is actually nice. one of the downtime activities, which can like let you relax and unwind. I like it, but but then like looking for other systems or, or in a in a different space that uh, use sort of downtime. One one of the Best ones, and I'm sure I'm missing something, but one of my favorite examples of it, though it wasn't explicitly like a downtime, called downtime activity, but it was in the old school Marvel heroic role-playing game, the Cortex-based one. They had the notion of recovery scenes. Um, Oh, yeah. And then you could use those in between like sort of action scenes to, you know, your character's going to sort of heal up and you can, when I, I played with those games, I would, uh, when I played those games, I would usually use those as sort of like role-playing and sort of transition scenes, just describing kind of, you know, so it, like almost slice of life downtime scenes. And then right. you sort of make the role for recovery at the end of it. And then, and then I carry on. That, I, that, that's brilliant. You're right. And it does a really good job of depicting those scenes from comic books. Right. Because... A lot of them, to me, like back in the day reading the X-Men, a lot of my favorite scenes were when they were just hanging out at the X-Mansion. And so, yeah, that really, um, that's an excellent use of that. And you're right. Yeah, that was kind of a kind of a proto downtime phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I'm sure I'm sure there are more ones that I can't think of, but like, I think downtime I think as we understand it today is actually a relatively modern RPG concept of, of, of putting it in a, not that 
there is not downtime in a normal RPG, but the of putting mechanical framing and explicitly putting right. it out in a rule set um, and uh, making these sort of containers uh, is actually relatively new. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure someone who will know that, like, there, you know, in 1970, somebody made an obscure role playing game that did it. But I'm just talking yeah, about in exactly. the main line of RPG development. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Talislanta was heavily on in, engaged in downtime, but I'm still trying. To, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, same here. But I mean, as we've discussed before, everything that exists now grew out of something else. Right. So I mean, it's just like it's like fronts in Powered by the Apocalypse games. Fronts are literally just the game master coming up with stuff, but mechanizing it helps me as the game master. And it's the same thing with downtime or anything else. Things that have actual mechanical support that didn't used to, even if I don't use them or if I use them in a different way, it it changes the way I think about that. It changes the way I think about like Blades in the Dark and Pathfinder specifically. It changes the way I I approach doing the downtime when my players need something or as a player again like i said before it gives me a list of things to do and even if i don't want to do all of them at least i've got some options to bounce off of mm-hmm. and cuz i might not have thought of a bunch of the things that are on that list right so i i like that that it just I mean, anything that makes the game more fun and makes it easier to play or run i am all for and that is literally what we've been talking about this whole time yeah and and like Okay, soapbox time. The I'll make it a brief soapbox, but it's, <laughs> but like what? But but talking about what you're uh, expressing here is every role playing game is run. You know, any specific instance of of us playing a role playing game has what I always think of as their formal rules and the informal rules, right? And formal mm-hmm. rules are you know, but rules as written, rules as intended. And uh, what you're getting out of the book and implementing to some degree. Uh, But then like informal rules are things that basically you do or your play group does. And in in how you structure, and those things are like sort of how you structure a game, how you you sort of pace things, right? These are sort of informal rules. And, and, And downtime is a good example of a thing that in like many games is many instances of you actually playing the game, not just a rule system, is something that you would do informally. Okay, you're yeah. done with a fight, you know, here, and you just sort of manage downtime in any old way that, um, you know, you're, you're going to do. And it's a lot of the value. You bring Power by the Apocalypse, which is a great example, because the Bakers, I think one of the things that they do really, really well is that they are do a great job of finding common informal rules patterns and turning them into formal rules. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And that, and it's like a lot yeah. of what the power of what the PPDDA games have done is they take some of these like very common patterns for, uh, of informal rules and they made them formal ones, formal rules that are then easy to consistently for anybody follow and use. Right. And, um, and then what we're talking about, I think, with downtime here is um, how Blades, how Pathfinder um, have found a way to sort of take these informal structures and give them formal structures to make them easy to sort of use and build your game around. Yeah. And uh, and I and I, in the last part of the soapbox, sorry. And and I guess <laughs> I guess in that 
what what I tend to judge the quality of a role playing game by these days is actually not the cleverness of rules, as as heresy as that might be to say, but how consistent can the experience be in the game? If I run a game yeah. and you run a game and someone else that we don't know runs a game, how much are our games like? If if we describe our games to each other, do we like? look at each other and go, what were you playing? Right? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I know many RPG themes where, where it's like people are talking to me about what they were doing in the game, and I'm just like, what game were you running? Right? Because, like, my game sounded right. nothing like that. Right? Been there. And, and it's like, how can how can we consistently in our RPG designs like, have people have a certain, like, experience? And so I, th- I think yeah, I, you know, and to that end, I think these downtime rules uh, that we were t- talking about help build that consistency. I think I think one of the strengths of Pathfinder is when I talk to people about their games, but they have all sorts of great stuff happening in their games that I, you know, that I aren't running in mine and, and vice versa. But I'm never talking to someone about Pathfinder and they're like, oh, I did this thing. And you're just like, what what rules? Wait, how are you? That sounds right. crazy. Like what? Like yeah. you know, like 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 nothing sounds crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, I understand how you did that. Now. You know, in your game and blah blah blah, you use this rule, and, and like we we're all on the same page. And that is really nice. And I, uh, it's one of my favorite things about talking about games is when you know that everyone's coming at it from the same frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The the thing, the way things are being designed right now really excites me because so much of it is being designed with a little more intentionality, I feel like, mm-hmm. than it used to be. People are being more mindful of the mechanics that they're using. And that is great because, once again, as a game master, I, I will take all of the mechanical assistance I can get and even if I don't use all of it, I love it that it's there because even if I'm not actually using the tables that you gave me, I've got something, I've got a, I've got a foundation to start with so that I have a better idea of how to, you know, keep the plate spinning and keep all of the, all of the players engaged. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Well, awesome. Do we, do we have anything else that we want to say about downtime? I, I mean, I could probably do another twenty minutes, but I don't <laughs> think I should. <laughs> so, same. So, yeah. so I think I think we. I, I've said everything I feel like I I should say. <laughs> this is something that uh, maybe if we felt like revisiting this, I've mm-hmm. got a I've got some other things I could bring up. But no, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I guess we will end it here and see everybody next episode. Excellent. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you.